Greetings, members, visitors, and friends. Welcome to And the Church Said, a podcast where we discuss issues and insights on how the body and the members can interact in ways that promote spiritual, mental, emotional, and relational well-being. I am Dr. Monique Smith-Gatson, your host for this podcast. I am a licensed clinician. However, this podcast is not intended to serve as therapy. We encourage you to engage in your own personal counseling. That's what we do here at the End the Church Said podcast. So come on in and take a seat on any pew that you choose. We hope that your time here will leave you declaring with a hearty and a resounding amen. All right, everyone. Thank you all for joining us today for the podcast. And we have a very, very special guest. She's no stranger to this podcast. She's been here with us before. So we are welcoming Ms. Andy Kober today. Yes, thank you so much for having me. Great, thank you so much for being here. Will you please just take this opportunity to introduce yourself to our listeners and let everybody know who you are and the fabulous things that you are doing? Oh, thank you. Um, yes. So I am Andy Kolber and I am a licensed professional counselor. Um, I do a lot of focus on trauma work, body centered, attachment centered, and, and where appropriate integrating faith and spirituality. Um, I am the author of Trisofter and the Trisofter Guided Journey, which, um, you know, kind of respectively came out this, in this last couple of years. And yeah, I'm just really passionate about giving folks resources um, to learn to live in our God-given bodies in ways that feel accessible and, and really create um, additional safety in, in, in these times in this world that can often feel really, um, really unsafe. And so having those little touch points and ways, you know, that we cultivate, um, God's goodness, um, towards not only others, but also to ourselves. And, and this is a journey I'm really passionate about, partly because it's really rooted in my own journey of healing, um, being a, tra- a complex trauma survivor. And so, yeah, I just care about it a great deal. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that is so, so obvious. And um, I, that's one thing I've always appreciated about your work, how you are so able to just share uh, with such transparency and courage um, about your own journey. And I think that, you know, it, it's unfortunate that, you know, sometimes we want to go, well, how do you know? And we can speak to those things, you know, but mm-hmm. it makes a difference for people. You know, it can make a difference for people. So I'm, I'm so grateful for the way that you have um, been able to integrate your journey for certain into the things that you um, have written about. And that is what we're here to talk about today is new book that you are <laughs> Um, releasing here. I, I'm just so excited about it. I love your style of writing. It, it it just flows so easily. And I think I might've said this even previously when we, when we um, talked before about Trisopter. Um, but I, it, it's, it's such a, you give us lessons in biology and um, psychology and I dare say theology a little bit, you know, you Oh, in the water there a little bit too. Um, <laughs> but it's not overwhelming that we trip mm. up over it and we get stuck, you know, but it's just still mm-hmm. flows to me, which again, I just love this whole word flows because the name of it 
is strong like water. Oh, and that's just even such a beautiful title. And for those who will read this book, I mean, just even your opening, I was just kind of like, I'm sitting there with you on the, the water. <laughs> that, that is my, oh, that is my sacred space. That's my favorite mm. sacred space also. So anyway, Strong Like Water. Tell us a little bit about what this book is about. Um, just kind of give us an overview. And then I got some specific things I want to ask you about it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So this concept of strong like water really was originally birthed out of my own, what I would call ambivalence with my own strength. Um, I grew up really being seen in my family, in my community as being the strong one, being someone who, even if someone knew that maybe there was dysfunction in my family or things like that, the way that I coped, which I talk about quite a bit in, in Trisofter, but I also, you know, talk about in Strong Like Water is by sort of taking on that role of really um, surviving by showing up in the world in this very, um, there was a, in, honestly, there's a lot of good to it because I sort I needed it at the time mm-hmm. I needed to survive. I like, this was the only way really for me to be, but um, what was confusing about that is that because on the outside in our culture, the way that I showed up was actually really praised. Right. So meanwhile, underneath, I'm like hurting and wishing that people would come alongside me and, um, support me or offer resources or care, or are you okay? Are you like, you, you know, you seem like you're, this is what we're seeing, but I'm, I'm just curious kind of a thing, but it was, it was such a socially uh, praised way to show up in the world that it's like it actually made it harder to get the support that I needed because, you know, I was, I was a great student and I was a good athlete and I didn't do things wrong. And so on the outside, all that survival energy was really used to just, it created a certain kind of armor, right? Mm -hmm. And that armor had a purpose in the sense that in my family system, it wasn't safe for me not to be strong. There was no, there wasn't really a safe landing place. So there's validity to that. But as I have grown, as I've healed, um, as I've done my own work, you know, it's not like I lost. It's not like those parts of myself just suddenly went away. Right. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. as I, as I healed, I felt this tension in me and even this tension in our culture where I felt like, okay, people are getting so much praise for surviving. And that's, good to a certain level. Like, yeah, that's, that is good. I mean, that's a grace of God that we have trauma responses. Thank you, Jesus. And sometimes there's a gap where it's kind of like, oh my gosh, you know, look how strong your trauma made you. Mm -hmm. And then people pat you on the back and that's it. (laughs) And you're just, you're kind of still stuck there. And so what I have noticed in my, you know, I've been doing this work about 15 years and I began to consider how much strength this, uh, this sort of what I would call a fuller strength that mm-hmm. is required to also heal, to, um, to have compassion for yourself, to receive help, 
to ask for help, to um, be gentle with yourself, to allow yourself to thrive, even when it's scary, to receive goodness. That is a type of strength too. Mm-hmm. And often in our culture, often even in, in Christian culture, that's viewed as actually being weak. Like feeling your feelings is viewed as being weak. And for me, when I hear that, I'm like, whoo, you have not been in my trauma sessions. <laughs> you have not seen my clients do their work and the courage, the just profound courage required yes. to face the pain that they have gone through. Mm. No, that requires courage. That's right. That's right. And that strength. You are strength. absolutely right about that. Oh, I so love that. And um, oh my goodness. Woo. So you're already just giving us a lot. So rich already. <laughs> um, but I'm thinking about even when you talk about um, it gives us this this fuller strength to heal. And as we do mm-hmm. learn about trauma, you know, trauma fragments us, you know, it, it, we, we're scattered, you know, we're here, we're there. Um, and, and the way that I, I love about what you're saying, even in the book is that this, you know, as it is true with most of us who do trauma therapy, you know, or our trauma therapists, um, we are looking to help the clients to be able to kind of bring themselves, the pieces of themselves mm-hmm. together, as you were saying, like those don't go away, you know, they're still mm-hmm. there honor. We have this opportunity to honor um, our body. And I think that that is um, so profound, the way that you take that concept and you bring it alongside this idea that we have about strength. The very first thing that I started thinking about as I, as I read was, um, this is grace. Mm. This is grace. Um, because I think about even when the scripture talks about, you know, it's in our weaknesses when he is made strong, right? So mm. if we have him in us and we are in him, then in essence, we have that strength. We have that mm. grace. So mm-hmm. I think that is even a beautiful way for you to, um, you know, to, as we can assist our clients with just even reframing and thinking about that whole um, kind of perception that we have around strength to expand mm. that mm-hmm. thinking. And how beneficial that is to help us to start to try to bring these pieces, you know, Mm -hmm. together, that fragmentation together. Um, When you talk about the socially (laughs) uh, acceptable ways um, that we show up, I'm thinking about how that does impede our healing. And as you say, you get the person that pats you on the back, walks away. And it almost, if we're not careful, reinforces, oh, this is where I have to stay. That's right. This is where I stay. So yeah, if you will, just even talk about that a little bit mm-hmm. more, just in terms of how um, we get to honor mm-hmm. uh, our those pieces, you know, we get to honor mm-hmm. our body. Um, oh, cause you talk about that even just so beautifully, how we just kind of disconnect from our bodies, but how we just get to honor that. And we get to bring all of that together to help us to be able to live, um, these more healed, more, um, abundant, um, these grace filled lives that we have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No. And thanks for talking about that with, with grace too. And I, yeah, I mean, I, it makes me think so many different thoughts as you, as you name that. And I, 
I think one of the things that it brings up for me as we talk about what does it mean to honor our parts and call them home and um, partly from a faith lens, one of the scripture verses that has been so powerful for me um, is originally in Isaiah, but then it's quoted in the New Testament is a bruised reed. He will not break. And when I think about the way our bodies fragment and experience trauma, I think about it a lot like that, like, like that God's, this is God's posture Mm -hmm. towards our pain. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't mean like, I mean, there, it can be a lot more nuanced, right. Than that, but just to know that there is this profound love and care. Right. And that there is a way in which I think honoring is partnering with the spirit of God in recognizing that in, you know, in certain places and in times and, and really ultimately when our body doesn't perceive that we have the safety um, to stay integrated, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is when we fragment. I mean, really just from a practical lens, this is what we're talking about. Our body says, this is not safe. I cannot metabolize this moment. It's too big. I have to fragment. I, mm-hmm. Therefore, I'm going into a trauma response. And so as we take that posture of honoring, it's mm-hmm. like the welcoming home, right? It's mm-hmm. saying, I, I, I recognize, you know, so this is me to me. I recognize, you know, part of myself that feels like I have to, um, push past my limits. Like, like I see you, I see Mm -hmm. why you think that you need to do that. And then as we're able, one of the things I talk about in the book is this idea of compassionate resourcing and compassionate resourcing is sort of this idea. I really, um, I talk about this in the book that, Dr. Ariel Schwartz defines resourcing as anything that communicates safety to our bodies in the present moment. Mm-hmm. So the idea is that as we can offer bits of that compassionate resourcing or really bits of safety, which again, the faith integration part is every good and perfect gift comes from above, right? So as we, as we harness, as we leverage goodness, As we partner with God, we offer that to the parts of ourselves who are hurting. And this is what moves us along. What I talk about in the book as the flow of strength Mm -hmm. and the flow of strength, I imagine as something that's very fluid and that oftentimes when we are really early in our journey, like maybe we've had a lot of unresolved trauma, we might live a lot on one side of the spectrum, which I call situational strength. And that's really where basically the only goal is survival. But as we're able to offer those little bits of safety, and sometimes that comes through other people who we experience as safe. It could be that it could be the spirit of God. It could be a faith resource. It could be going outside and, you know, just looking at the sky. Like there are so many ways our body can Um, be like, can receive some safety, you know, Mm -hmm. as that happens, we move, we move along that flow. Mm -hmm. And in that middle space of the flow is what I call transitional strength. Mm -hmm. And this is the place from which we can sort of, we're no longer fully in survival mode. This is where I talk about, it's sort of like, and this sort of plays on what I talk about in Trisofter, we can think about thinking, 
Mm-hmm. We can really come alongside ourselves in a way that's really, really like um, whether we want to think about it like reparenting or almost like a, a friend to ourselves. There's there's lots of different ways, but we're sort of coming alongside the wounded parts of ourselves and we're saying, hey, come on back. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And as that happens, our body has intuitively, as we continue to gain resources and safety and we move through physiologically, we move through those things that were too big and we move towards finally that integrated strength and integrated strength. I really imagine is something that is, um, it's not necessarily a place we're going to live all the time, but there is a solidness. There is a way in which that feels like our whole brain and body is available to us. Like we can learn from what we've been through. We can reflect more deeply. Um, and so this whole flow I imagine is something that sort of, it's not so much like, here's my check mark. Like I'm better now because I'm in transitional strength and <laughs> yay, I scored a point. Cause I, it's not like that. It's more like this fluid way we can exist in the world and our body as we, as we move along the flow. This is what I think is really cool. We become more adept mm-hmm. at assessing like what's actually in front of us. Does it require situational strength? Then our body's going to go there. Does it require transitional strength? Our body's going to go there. Or do I fully have the resources fully right now in this present moment to handle it? Then you're probably going to be an integrated strength. And all of those forms of strength are valid. Um, and as we heal, we just have more and more access to it in the ways that we need. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I just think it's so beautiful. Oh my goodness. So beautiful. How you paint this picture and how you really, 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 really nail down on bringing our bodies into this and mm-hmm. talking about that physiological because, you know, as you very well know, I mean, this is the part I hear lately, you know, now it's like, yeah, let's start talking about how this, you know, like we bring this into the discussion, our bodies, our physical mm-hmm. bodies, where so often we have been disconnected from that, you know, we mm-hmm. kind of do this, you know, neck up thing, you know, it's just like, oh, think, let's think about it. And oh, yeah, and that's true. And, mm-hmm. You know, all of the things we can have all of the information, but we still walk around with the information in our heads and the trauma in our body. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think that this is so beautiful. I I want to, when you talked about, um, because I just love the, the imagery that you use, um, sitting and looking out um, at the ocean. For me, um, as I was saying earlier, that is like one of the most sacred places. Mm-hmm. When I can sit there and there's nobody out there. I was telling mm-hmm. students about this once. I said, I really want like a, a beach, I mean, an island all to myself where, you know, like nobody walks in front of me. You know, you don't have to worry about if the ball that somebody's tossing, you know, is going to come your way. I'm like, do not interrupt me. I'm in this space, y'all. But, but it's, it's so beautiful when you're sitting there and you look as far as you can see and things just continue to go. Like the water just is just, you know, it's like it doesn't have a place right but is when you look out at the horizon and to me the place where the sky and the water almost seems like it meets mm-hmm. and it becomes one when I focus my gaze there that's where I feel like I am like totally connected with mm-hmm. God mm-hmm. at the moment okay mm-hmm. and so when I 
think about how you talk about this flow, you know, and even when you watch the waves and as you just watch them as far as you can see and how even the waves um, facilitate our movement, right? If you're out there in the water, how you can facilitate our movement to this point. That's what I think about um, as you as you talk about it in the book and even as you talk about how you break down these different um ways that you define strength and help us to understand how we can find this place of moving, flowing through these and where that ultimately takes us. Mm. It reminds me of um, the scripture that talks about, you know, behold, I'm doing a new thing. Like Mm -hmm. this is a new thing that is happening in our bodies and with our bodies. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, if we're, if we're willing to kind of give ourselves over to this process. So I I absolutely love this. And then there's this other part that you Mm -hmm. talked about um, in the book that I, I, I definitely had to make note of because even as you, you and I both are therapists that, do incorporate, um, you know, faith in, as you say, where it is um, appropriate and everything. So Mm -hmm. I I love, 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 love when you talk about being a holy thing. Mm. I have said this to some people and here recently, I find myself talking to students, especially therapists in training, um, talking to them about, we have to learn to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. Um, you know, you, we don't know what might come out of the mouths of people that are sitting with us, you know, it might be some things that really make us uncomfortable and we have to find ways to be comfortable with that discomfort that we ourselves are even experiencing. So I am loving how you talk about being a holy thing, because especially for those, you know, of our people who do practice and, and, and um, you know, connecting with the Holy Spirit. I just want you to expound upon that because I think mm. it's a powerful concept. I think it's beautiful. I love the way that you explain that. And so I'm just really hopeful mm. that people will walk away even um, just kind of just renewed by even hearing this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of the things I talk about early in the book is that this type of work in our process help will help us like sort of flesh out um, our threshold mm-hmm. between discomfort and harm. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes, I mean, there's so much to say about this, um, but I, I do, I think sometimes what can happen is we can learn that any kind of discomfort is bad. <laughs> and I think you know, sometimes when you've experienced so much harm, Mm -hmm. that actually makes a lot of sense. And so I want to just validate that because for a lot of trauma survivors, what our body does is it begins to categorize experiences. And so what can happen is, is we think if something even remotely reminds us of something that's happened in like in a body way, that can begin to feel really uncomfortable and our body may perceive that as harm. As we continue to do this work and get the support we need, we begin to know in our own self that difference between, oh, no, no, this isn't harm. This is discomfort. And the thing about discomfort, and I love that you pulled this out because I do say this, I talk about that discomfort can be a holy thing because discomfort 
is the place, right? There has to be some disruption in a system for there to be growth, right? But a trauma-informed lens says to us that we want to do that in a way that helps us begin to have the knowledge and the agency to be like, okay, I'm feeling this out. I can, I'm learning in my own body. Oh, there's my threshold. But as we do that, this is like a very exciting part of healing because Mm -hmm. as we begin to be able to identify that and we're not going to ever do it perfectly, right? We're just not. So it takes practice and it takes some humility and it takes a lot of those things. Um, we begin to be able to identify, oh, that thing that I previously felt was maybe harmful. Mm-hmm. Here's all the reasons to my body. <laughs> like this isn't harmful. And how, and what kind of support would I need to stay with the discomfort, right? So in that example you give, like even for therapists, you know, I think about how important for therapists themselves, we, it is important for us to do our own work because if we are disembodied, we don't have a read on our own discomfort threshold versus harm. So Mm -hmm. we actually need to be aware, um, and and resource and learning resources and being resourced to say, okay, this is bringing something up for me, you know, maybe in session, I need to ground myself or, Mm -hmm. um, you know, finding those skills so we can stay with it. And then I'm going to go to supervision and I'm going to talk about it, or I'm going to go to my (laughs) own counseling, right? Mm -hmm. Because when we're in therapy, our work is to really center the client's experience. So all of those things can be true and it requires that internal, we're navigating an internal landscape and that is Mm -hmm. not entry level, right? Like (laughs) most folks, yeah, folks who are first entering this work, who maybe lived most of their life in situational strength, Mm -hmm. honestly, in their body, they may not even have the words to articulate it, but most everything may be perceived as potential harm. That's right. And that's because our body is literally perceiving that this is potentially life or death. Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. is, I mean, at its core, that's what situational strength is about. And it's only when we begin to get curious, like mm-hmm. why does grow, going to the grocery store feel like life or death in my body? That's interesting. What's that about? Can we get, can we bring that compassion Because as we do that, as we bring resources, we bring that into alignment with reality. Mm -hmm. And it may not be immediate. It can take some time. It can take some support. But as we do, that's the trajectory of growth. Is that can we even get the support we need to be able to, to stay with discomfort in a way that is tolerable to our bodies? That is beautiful. I love it. I love it. I just thought that was, I, I mean, I, I just had to kind of stop, kind of put my finger there and go, because I, I talk about it. I mean, I, I talk about discomfort. I really, really do. Um, and yeah, and, and as you say, even with our own personal experiences, myself having to learn like, okay, this is really not comfortable, but how, what does it require of me to stay? you know, mm-hmm. stick with it. And even, mm-hmm. um, you know, even in, in therapy, um, you know, and 
having to build that trust, you know, with, with our clients and, and, and being able to assure them, like, I am here, you know, hear my voice, you know, mm-hmm. feel your feet on my floor, um, mm-hmm. smell the diffuser that I have going, whatever the case may be, mm-hmm. we are here. Um, and can you trust me to help you to find it within yourself to see it's just mm-hmm. another minute, you know, just another mm-hmm. So whatever the case may be, one of the things that I thought about as you were talking um, and when you mentioned us being able to have this experience, of course, we we don't get to stay there, unfortunately, Mm -hmm. Um, but that that experience where we we get to. um, You said we get to be solid, like a Mm -hmm. whole um, being with our bodies, Mm -hmm. and I just thought to myself, that's a foretaste. Mm. of glorification it's like you beautiful this healing is can be a lifelong journey i mean you know we're we're always having to deal with what our bodies um take in and and i and my and just even reading the whole book just oh my god it just it i love it because it's so encouraging to think about the beauty in the design of our bodies. Mm-hmm. And when we even talk about the, um, you know, fight or flight and all of the systems, how they are designed and what they are designed to do and how so many times, you know, we can just kind of like fooey on them. And it's like, but no, 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 this is beautiful. Mm-hmm. This is sacred. This is um, the way God designed us. Um, it's a strength in and of itself. Um, and, I, and I think about how... Um, Again, just that opportunity to say, in this moment, Mm. it may be fleeing. It may take me a few more months to get there. Mm -hmm. But in this moment, like that is a foretaste Mm. of what it will be like when we receive our glorified states. Mm. And so I think it's a beautiful journey that you invite us on because, you know, there are very few opportunities for us to really um, process and bring that full attention to our bodies, you know? And I, I just, I don't know. I just think that is beautiful, but I just wanted to get your thought or even mm-hmm. that just when I just saw mm-hmm. and feel just, I mean, that was the first thing I thought about, like, man, that could almost be like a foretaste, like God gives us that glimmer, you know, on this side, like, this is what it's going to be like when you receive this beautiful, beautiful thing on the other side. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I think that's so beautiful. And what I think about as you talk about it, um, you know, I, I often, one of my favorite verses, especially the last couple of years has come to be, um, the verse in, in John, when Jesus says, um, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Mm-hmm. And for me, that is this picture, you know, even when I talk about in the book is that again, it's not that situational strength is bad. It's needed, but it's mm-hmm. too small. Right. Oof. And this, and this integrated strength is this invitation to an expansive humanity. Mm-hmm. When Jesus mm-hmm. says that they may have life to the full, like, what does that mean? It's not less humanity. It's actually the fullness of what God created us to be, right? Partnering with even those parts of our stories that have been painful at the pace that we're able, you know, one of the stories I tell later in the book is 
I really an experience of this, this, this time where I felt really integrated with Mm -hmm. this, what I would say is a fierce part of myself. Mm -hmm. And for many years, this part of myself almost scared me because like I played a lot of basketball. That's a big part of my story. And that helped develop. um, I'm super grateful for that. It gave me this sense of um, a certain kind of strength that I needed Mm -hmm. when I was younger. As I got older and was in different spaces, that strength, I didn't know what to do with it Mm -hmm. because I was like, where where as a woman do I bring my fierceness? What does that look like? I didn't know. I didn't know how to, to do that. And so I had a very narrow view of even healing. And as I've continued in my own journey, what's been so fun is to actually partner with that fierce. I mean, there's multiple parts of myself, but this fierce part has become this ally for me mm-hmm. that as I am, you know, I think of like Alison Cook and, and her work around ISS. And, you know, she talks about the spirit led self and Kimberly That's Miller, right. yeah. but like, as that part of myself is really led mm-hmm. by my adult self, it's like, I am able to experience a deeper fullness because mm-hmm. there is a sense in which that's me too, right. That I have access to Mm-hmm. things that have always been true about me, but in the most aligned way, in a way that is in alignment with my values, that it's not, um, it's not something that I'm worried about. It's something that I'm proud of. It's part of what makes me more of who I am. And I get yeah. to bring that with me, you know? Right. That's oh my God, That's so beautiful. And that is so encouraging. Like, what do I do with this piece of me? And I, mm-hmm. I, I how, Again, going back to that image of the ocean and the expansiveness of it mm. all, um, how this is an invitation as far as we think of ourselves, like this expanded thinking, mm. you know, like, oh, I, I don't have to like do away with this part of myself. Like, I don't have mm. to suppress it. Um, I don't have to box it. You know, I don't have to contain it. Like, I can... I this piece of me can really be an ally, like really. Mm. And I just think that it, it is so beautiful, especially as you very well know, you start talking about that. And I was thinking like, Ooh, that could be the whole conversation. <laughs> itself, but you know, you won't go down that rabbit trail today, but um, you know, this like as a woman, like, Oh, this is okay. Like this mm. is okay. And I just think, again, it's just this opportunity to, to it, it continues to invite people to embrace the totality of mm. who they are. And I think that that is so beautiful because again, even the way you write, even the way you even um, explain it here, it just doesn't seem so hard. Now, we are careful to say it is a difficult <laughs> work. It is, um, it can be, um, you know, a lifelong journey. Yes. But when it feels doable, yeah, it's different. You know, it gives hope. And I think that that is the thing that if we can just convey that is hope that this is a process, you know, that even as we journey through life, again, our bodies are going to just take it in, take in all of the things because that's what it's just kind of designed to do. And even thinking about it, even in that context, I'm hopeful 
that it will help us to be, you know, try softer with ourselves and to be more gentle with ourselves and to pace ourselves and say, this is like, like literally, this is the way, Mm -hmm. like this is going to be the way. Mm -hmm. And that this, um, this, um, I call it demystifying of that Mm -hmm. concept of strength. That's what I wrote down when you, Mm. when I was reading it, I was like, this is a demystification of the whole concept of strength. Mm. And it feels so much more doable. Mm. And I think that when people can feel, I can do that, there's hope. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I think I love, I mean, that's just such an honor, such a compliment to me that it even just for you to say that it feels like doable, that it feels accessible. And, um, and I, and it is such this paradox where, I mean, for me personally, and if this is encouraging to anyone listening, I hope it is, but like, I, I view this as, as, a, as the work of my life that I won't, you know, I said this about Trey softer, but I think it's true for strong, like water too, that I don't think I'll graduate. Um, and it's okay. And I think what I would just say, and and I hope this might be encouraging to someone listening, that I believe in this journey, what makes it different is that you're already so loved. Like there is always, like that's already decided. There is Mm -hmm. always a safe landing place Mm -hmm. because it is not your behavior or your actions that is giving you the value. That is Mm -hmm. already decided. Mm-hmm. This is the outflowing. One of the things I say later in the book is that, you know, I may we learn to live from love and not work for it, right? Like I'm not here to work for love. I'm mm-hmm. just living out of it. That's what I want to do because that's my home. And I can always come home. Whenever I've left, I can come home and it births in me the overflow. Mm-hmm. And that's different, right? When it's overflow, it's like, I'm not striving. It's mm-hmm. already mine. <laughs> it's already mine. It's already ours. And mm-hmm. I think, I hope that reframes it because it's not the journey of, man, if I just do enough things, maybe finally, then I will be lovable. Mm-hmm. It's not like that. Mm-hmm. We've, mm-hmm. It's, we've already got a home base. And, and your body and the way our bodies um, experience the world and, and especially in a world that has a lot of really valid threats, a lot of valid trauma and distress that is real. Mm-hmm. And I think we can honor that, gosh, we can be really fragile and that's real. And yet we're so beloved and resilient too. And those all exist within us. Right. That's right. That's right. Oh my goodness. Yeah. The verse that had come up, had come up um, in my mind as you were speaking is um, that one over in Corinthians when it talks about the comfort that we have received ourselves, we are then able to take that and, you know, provide that comfort from others. And so when you talk about this overflow um, mm-hmm. of love, that's, that was just the first thing that I thought about. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh my God, beautiful. How beautiful this is. Well, Andy, what would be um as we get ready to kind of wrap up the conversation but what would be the last thing you kind of want to 
say mm. here is, um, you know, what else would you want people to know about um, what you're hoping to communicate to everyone through this mm. beautiful mm-hmm. writing? Strong I think, yeah, no, thank you so much. I think if there's one takeaway, whether it even be from our conversation or from the book, Mm-hmm. It's that I hope people learn that really it's things like it is love that makes us truly and most deeply strong. It's not fear, it's not pain, and it's not hate. Mm-hmm. That love mm-hmm. is your place, it's your it's your home. Mm-hmm. And that that is the place from which we can draw from a deep well, a deep, deep well the love of God, you know, that we are invited to steward to ourselves and to our neighbors. That's a well that doesn't run dry. Mm -hmm. And there is a strength available to us that will take us so much further that will empower us in ways that fear and hate and pain will never be able to touch. Mm -hmm. That is awesome. That is absolutely beautiful. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing that. Oh my goodness. Well, will you please tell people how they can stay connected with you, like how they can follow you so they can be aware of all of the wonderful things that you've got going on? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'd love folks to check me out. Um, Ondicolber.com is my website. Um, and then on Instagram, um, Instagram.com slash Ondicolber, Twitter.com slash Ondicolber. And then um, find my book wherever books are sold, places like Barnes and Noble, Amazon, and your local booksellers are great too. Awesome. 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 And we would definitely link all of that in the, um, the show notes. And if you guys, um, you know, haven't read Try South to read that one too. It's so great. Okay. It's, it's great. I just, I, I love your writing. I, do. I love your work. Um, I, I, I love how you have just given your life to not only your own healing, but again, just even from that overflow, just desiring that for others as well. So Really, really appreciate you. Thank you so much, Andy, for giving us this time and allowing us the opportunity to chat with you about this new work, Strong Like Water. So everybody, y'all go get this book so your lives can be blessed all the more for it because it definitely will be. So Andy, again, we thank you for, for being here with us today. For our listeners, thank you guys for tuning in. And you know what I always say, until next time, Let anyone who has ears to hear listen to what the Spirit says to the churches. Oh, my goodness. After you have heard the call of of Andi, I'm just, what she said there, she tied it up beautifully. I'm not even going to touch it. (laughs) But after you have heard her call, what will be your response? And the church said, 